Welcome to this episode of Music Matters with Daryl Craig Harris and Music Tribes Unite News. Talking about all things music with celebrities, artists, music business insiders and more. Paola Vera, how are you doing today? I'm great, Daryl. How are you doing? I'm good. So I'm in Las Vegas. So tell us where you are. I'm in France, in the countryside, uh, about an hour away from Bordeaux, in Southwest. That's, that's a very nice place to be from. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Today It's absolutely beautiful. There's sunshine everywhere. It's just glorious. It's been really cold recently, so it's just it's come at the perfect time. Awesome. So you're actually originally you're from uh, are you from London or you're from the UK? But what what, what part of the UK? Yeah. I, well, I was born in London. I've lived in quite a few parts of the UK though. I've lived in Scotland for a while in my youth, <laughs> but I spent quite a lot of time in the southeast uh, of the UK. Yeah. So mainly from London, I'd say. Yeah. Awesome. So you're an amazing uh, musician and vocalist, songwriter, composer. You've had two albums out recently, Spellbound and Addict, I think was your last full album. Yeah. Um, you have a new single coming out, which is, I think you said it was Jack of All Trades. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So um, the story behind that is so the single's called Jack of All Trades. And uh, I actually uh, recorded it a few years ago. Um, right in the midst of uh, motherhood with my second child, actually. <laughs> she was only about like four or five months old or something. And I thought, I'm going to go to a studio and write a song. Um, and I hadn't put it out since. And so I thought, actually, I feel like now's the time because I feel like being a jack of all trades kind of really, I really feel like it resonates with me right now. And, and it's all about not being able to, uh, you know, pick one I don't know how to put it, what one line of expertise because I'm just so interested and excited by everything and it goes on about that in the song and that's kind of my story really. <laughs> awesome, yeah. And so you are a very busy person because you're um, obviously a mom, a recording artist, um, you do live dates, but then the other part of your career, a big part is teaching. So you're a professor at the Bordeaux Conservatoire, which is quite prestigious. Yeah. Um, and also you do, you said you do clinics in, in other parts of uh, Europe. So let's back up a little bit. How did you first start? You were quite young when you first started playing piano and, and doing all that. Tell us that story. How did I start? That's a really good question. Um, I think I started the piano. I think I was about, it was fairly late, but still young in terms of life, I suppose. I was about 13, I think. But I've always kind of been really into music and I used to uh, sing a lot at school. Then I started playing the piano and I actually played the double bass, believe it or not. At school. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got roped into it because my sister's a violinist and I had to sit outside her room, you know, whenever whenever she had a lesson. And one day the teacher came in and said, oh, would you come and play the two open string notes on the double bass? <laughs> I was That's like, funny. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I did that and then ended up getting roped into all sorts of orchestra and things, which I absolutely love. I love the bass. And then started playing piano and it just kind of grew from there. And uh, the singing, well, in terms of jazz singing I actually was in this school jazz band playing bass and then one day the teacher asked me whether I'd like to have a go at singing and I did and and then I ended awesome. up starting singing with him on his gigs when I was at school you know <laughs> right it's funny how that is I'm a bass player and that kind of happened by accident so it, you never know how the, how life's gonna it kind of has Absolutely. a plan <laughs> yeah uh, that's awesome so then you um so you kind of grew up you went actually have gone to some really amazing schools in, in, uh, in London yeah. tell us about that yeah, I've been super lucky. Honestly, it's, I sometimes pinch myself with the luck I've 
sad uh, within that. But yeah, I did. I went to music college 18 and I went to Trinity College of Music, which is a fantastic school in London, Mm -hmm. uh, just by the river. I don't know if you've been to Greenwich, but uh, there's a lovely uh, music school there. Our good friend Fiona Ross. <laughs> it Brilliant. And it was another Have you seen it? It's in the Royal Ross. Naval College. So it's this kind of I, glorious yep. building. That oh, is an absolutely beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah. yeah awesome. So I was really lucky. I spent four years there doing my undergraduate degree. And then after that, I got a scholarship to do a master's at the Royal Academy of Music afterwards. Wow. Yeah. And there's so many, I mean, obviously in London too, just like New York or, or, London, or Paris, it's such a huge hub for for artists and musicians. And so how, how did you tell me the story about coming to France and, and when, when did you move to France? So the story about France is when I was at Trinity, one of my old teachers there, well, a lecturer who's, who's fantastic, her name's Andrea Vicari. She's an amazing uh, jazz pianist. She was teaching there and she, she uh, asked me whether I'd be up for coming to teach on her summer school. And she runs the summer school in France every year. And it's been going a long time now. It's quite established. It's the Dordogne Jazz Summer School. And she had never had any vocal teaching there. We, uh, we got on quite well. And she said, oh, would you like to have a go at teaching? And I was, uh, you know, I was 25. And I was really excited about this opportunity to go to France and teach. And exactly. it felt like yeah. a what's, holiday. What's, what's, and <laughs> what's that to like, right? <laughs> right. And I was, I was like my first proper job, you know, so I got very excited. And uh, Anna went to France to do that. And then I met my now husband on the course <laughs> because his parents. A, it's always a boy. <laughs> that's it. His parents actually run the venue where this course is held, and it's a crazy story. Actually, the venue is a um, a chateau, but like a ruin chateau from the ninth century. Wow! Yeah. Amazing. That they bought about oh, I can't remember. It must be about forty or fifty years ago. Like a, a bunch of people bought it together and this is Manu's family um, and a few others and then they turned it into this wonderful venue to run music events and they run all sorts of summer schools there and yoga and all sorts and that's how we met wow. yeah that's, well that's a great story <laughs> that's that's a hard story to beat so then so do you um so you actually uh teaching at the Bordeaux Conservatoire is yeah. is very that's a very prestigious gig then tell me about getting that that position and how long have you actually been there? Oh, I've been there a little while. I've been there since 2014. And oh, okay. um, well, I came across it completely by accident because I started playing in this band uh, with an amazing, uh, a great American singer and she plays the drums as well. Her name's Rachel Madison and she runs a band called The Sophisticated Ladies. And nice. uh, I started <laughs> playing with her. It's very sophisticated. And um, and she said to me, oh, they're looking for a, a singing teacher, you know, a jazz specialist at the conservatoire because they've never had one before. Because up until that point, all the singers had been taught by classical singers. They didn't have anybody right. that was teaching it improvisation or anything. Was that kind of controversial when they decided to do that? Or how, how was that? She gave me the impression that it might have been, I think... Yeah, I think it was. I think it was like a new step for them at this point. Mm. And so they created this position for this fictitious person. And I'd only been in France a year, so I could barely speak French. <laughs> and she was like, well, and I was like, well, how do I apply for this job? Like, how do I even, I don't even know. And she said, well, look, just, um, she found the address of the person to send it to. And I just, it was really random, Daryl. I, I literally just sent my CV off, a covering letter that I'd wrote in really bad French. And <laughs> 
<laughs> and sent it and just hoped that someone would reply. And I didn't get any reply for months. So I just thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm sure they've gone with somebody else and that's normal. Right. And then all of a sudden I got a letter out of the blue saying, oh, would you like to come to uh, for an interview? <laughs> So then all of a sudden I had to learn all the all the theory terms in French. I was like, you know, right. desperately for trying. Those to... have, for those that have not been to France, speaking French and speaking proper French is a very important thing. So we should lay that we should lay that groundwork. Well, yeah, because people like to speak French in France, believe it or not. Right. Exactly. It's radical, isn't it? Yeah. So instead of saying, you know, um C D E F G, I had to go Do Ré Mi Fa Sol. So I had to learn all the notes. I had to right. learn, you know, majeur, mineur, uh, demi diminué. I had to learn like what a turnaround was in French, like Anatole, like everything. I was like, it was such a trip, but I did it. I meant, well, I did it enough to get through the interview. What can I say? Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that. And the rest is history. So I've been there since then. Yeah. But actually, you know, teaching, teaching jazz music, obviously a lot of jazz, classic jazz is in English. So that's actually, yeah. you kind of want somebody that can speak proper English to teach them totally. if you want to get a real if you really want to get a good a good lesson right i think i'll be honest with you i think that played a huge role i think they thought okay she'll probably pick up the french hopefully but at least she's she, she <laughs> should be right at the english part the one would hope <laughs> <laughs> i know I, I i believe well i you know i used to work with a lot of french canadians with, with cirque and i know the whole french story with that the language it's, and it's great i mean speaking french that's such a lyrical language yeah. to begin with and uh, oh, it's a I beautiful it, language yeah. I'm not begging on the French, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just so fun, isn't it? Being able to play with all the languages now, I just I love it. It makes it so much exciting, right? And it's nice to be able to mix um, musicians from different cultures. You actually mentioned that your mother um, is yeah. from South America, right? That's right. My mother's Venezuelan. Yeah, so I grew up speaking Spanish a bit at home which is since I'm a bit rusty now since I'm speaking French all the time. So, but I do keep in touch with my cousins in Venezuela and I, and I have to like really think about it when I speak Spanish, but yeah, I love Spanish. I'd love to spend more time um, yeah. getting, getting that together. It's fantastic, fantastic language. Yeah. It's, it's another amazing musical language too, right? Totally. To sing it. Yeah. And the music, oh, just fantastic. Yeah. So your music is interesting and uh, it's actually, it's jazz, but it's actually a lot of things. It's world music, it, it's soul and, and funk and, it's really interesting. What were your, some of your influences uh, growing up? Oh, my goodness. What a question. So many influences. Um, I think I just love everything. I mean, as a, because I play the piano and I've, I love singing and playing, uh, definitely singer pianists feature kind of high up there, um, like Stevie Wonder and that King Cole, Harry Connick, um, you know, Dana Kroll. And then I love loads of pop singer pianists as well, like Sarah Bareilles, you know Ben Folds I've certainly gone through like phases of obsession with all of those yeah. kind of guys and girls um after that I mean loads of classical music playing double bass in this in the orchestra and loads of choral music just everything I just love music so it's really hard to say what all my influences are but there are a turn for sure <laughs> yeah and i think that's great because that that makes your, your music very accessible and and wow. it's nice to hear the different influences which you do which is awesome so when you're going to compose an album you're going to compose a song what's your process for that okay well i go through i try out all sorts of different things actually um it depends very much sometimes it's text driven and i come up with an idea for a text and i i go through it and i make the rhymes match up or i make certain internal structures work or 
so I get like a tight kind of text together and I really like that and then afterwards I try to figure out you know a melody that might go with that or a groove and sometimes it's the inverse where I'll come up with a melody first and then I'm searching for generally vowel sounds that I like or I tend to be quite instinctive about it like I'll go with just like what do I instinctively want to sing on that and then I try to find a word that goes with it and try to match the meaning so I, I have actually tried all sorts of techniques I've also had a go at being quite prosaic about it in the sense of like trying to write to um, I, I really love writing to um, oh what's the word I've, I've forgotten I can't speak anymore but you know when you have a, like a specific aim in, in set so sometimes I, I go for that yeah writing to brief I suppose is the word I'm looking for so I like that as right. well I like doing all of those things um, I'm quite open-minded about it I don't have one approach is what I'd say yeah yeah it's interesting too because you know you have sort of the Nashville thing where they have a, a writing appointments that always sure. to me it always kind of felt a little funny but then again you understand it because that's what they're doing is that is yeah. it like when you do you just write when the inspiration hits you or with your you have kind of a crazy schedule how do you how do you work yeah. all that out well sometimes i do sometimes i don't like i've gone through phases where i have gone right this week i'm writing and then i'm just be like i'll knock out a song a day and i'll make that my goal and no matter what that's what i will do and i will just mm-hmm. finish it even if it's just a working lyric even if it's just something that for now is fine and then i'll tighten it up later and then I have times where like an event has hit me in such a way that I feel like so strongly that I need to write about it that I'll then go and write some text and then I'll try and piece that together and that might take a time. I mean, I've got a song I wrote actually with all everything that was going on with George Floyd really resonated with me really strongly and I, I wrote right. a lyric about that and, and that was very much related to that one event. Sometimes that happens where something kind of really hits you and you feel like you have to do something about it. And then other times you're waiting, you know. Right. And as artists, we, we sort of have to stay open to those different little inspirations and kind of keep your eyes open, right? Because things, inspiration, I mean, you have children. I'm sure you get inspirations from them every day, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, I have to say, in the last few years, writing, I mean, it's been hard. I, I definitely struggle with, with finding the time to write since I've had the kids. But I do tend to work quite well under pressure. Like if I set myself a deadline, I tend to be quite good. And also I love co-writing for that reason because co-writing is great, isn't it? It forces right. you. I was, I was going to ask you about that. So collaboration, tell me about that. Yeah, well, it's not something I did a huge amount of before, but it's something that I've been getting into recently and I'm really enjoying it. And I definitely feel like I want to do more and more of it. So I've been collaborating not so much on the writing yet so much a lot of the time it's been me writing still um and then collaborating with various people like either on production or mm-hmm. arranging so i've been working with a few different people there's this a, a lovely musician called mark delay from paris and we've been working on some arrangements of some stuff that will come out soon and i've been working with a great uh, young beat maker actually doing some kind of more kind of edm tracks his name's Joey uh, Tingen, so he's fantastic. And so I've been trying all sorts of stuff out, really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so nice that you're open to trying different styles because a lot, a lot of times we think of academics, especially in, in you know, really serious uh, schools that are, and that school is known, obviously, for their classical. We always mm. think of them as like they're on a rigid thing, and it's like, you know, but that's all changed, really, right, with the modern social media and the, the modern influences. I hope so. I feel like to, to some extent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I've always been like that and I've always as a result struggled with exactly that. So I know exactly what you mean. 
And it takes a while to get to the point where you get to the point where you say, actually, do you know what? I think I just want to do that anyway. <laughs> and yeah. so what if people go, well, that's not very jazz of you or whatever. You just Yeah, your, your of, faculty members are like, oh, so you're playing jazz, are you? <laughs> yeah, kind of so over that. I just, I feel like, do you know what? If any of my faculty members came up to me and were like, oh, well, you know what about that dance track I'd be like yeah it was really fun I, I loved it I think I feel I've come to that point now where I feel I could own it whereas I know what you mm. mean I think when I was younger I was definitely trying to like desperately get everyone to just be like approve me approve me <laughs> right well yeah I mean we all want that especially you know when, when you're at going to these amazing schools and there are amazing people that that are um, some of the best classical players in the world go to those schools or classical singers and, and all that so it, I think it's but then again, too, it's also amazing to get that kind of influence and, and to see how people work. You know, having having like you said, you you're really good at at setting a task, getting it done. And as a musician, especially jazz musicians, we're all not always known for being able to do that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I suppose as well. I mean, I think a lot about uh, a lot of my students and. I can see that that's the world they're in now and it's definitely much more acceptable now than it ever was to be like that, mm. to be an artist that's released a ballad one month and then a, a banging, you know, dance tune the next month. And it, it seems to be much more, uh, people seem to be much more accepting of that now. And I think that's wonderful. And wouldn't it be wonderful if that's also what they're seeing teachers doing as well? So they see that we're all in the same boat, aren't we? We're all in the same thing together. Um, isn't that lovely? We can share it. Yeah, and you want to you want to create a performance, create a song, get yeah. get stuff out there, and that's that's as an artist, you sort of have to, otherwise, you we kind of wither, right? Yeah, I mean, saying that, if you feel, I th I think it's each to his own. You know, if as an artist, you feel really strongly that you resonate with one particular genre and that that completes you and that is perfect. I don't know summarization of what you feel then I think that's wonderful and you should express that but at the same time if you're a bit schizophrenic like I am and seems to like everything I think that should be also allowed and we shouldn't be in fear of like someone judging that as being less than because what is less than really I mean it's all music and there's always going to be somebody that's going to appreciate it somewhere and right and and really if there's if there is a less than it's just not ever try right right yeah yeah as yeah. long as you have to be, I mean, we're just trying to, to little, share. Yeah, and you have to be a little brave. You have to be a little brave and, and push through and, <laughs> and make it happen. <laughs> yes. So tell me about your um, tell me about your new single. How that come about and, and when's that? Is that already out or when's it going to be released? Yeah, it's already out. Um, so I just I put it out a few weeks ago, and as I said, it was actually something I've been sitting on for a long time that I felt. Uh, I want to put it out and so I'm just gonna put it out so it was quite it was quite impulsive so it's out uh, and it's everywhere so if anyone's interested it's called Jack of All Trades and and it's on Spotify and you can download it and that's to kick off a, a cycle of other things that are going to be released in the next few months I've got some other releases that are planned um, and awesome. that's the idea yeah and they're all going to be different so if you don't like this yeah. one tune in for the next one because <laughs> you might like <laughs> there it there you go <laughs> Master of none. 
you um, obviously you dealt with the whole COVID thing. We've all dealt with that. Oh stuff. my goodness! So yeah. when, when you were when that was going on, were you um, were you writing a lot, or how were how were you? Because obviously now you're kind of ready to get out there and start rocking again. But what was that situation for you? Were you just hey, I'm going to create, or how did you approach <sighs> it? Uh, it was creative in COVID a bit, but not as much as I'd like to have been because I was representative of many people that were working at home with uh, small children. My daughter turned two in lockdown and wow, yeah. uh, my son turned four and there was no schools. <laughs> right. And so you're yet, trying to do your... Right. And we were, were all meant te- to be teaching. Te- yeah. I was teaching right, on exactly. Zoom yeah. all the time. <laughs> which that's yeah yeah so that was kind of mad because i was like you know teaching students and then there'd be a two-year-old walking going mama and you'd be like okay well can i just (laughs) try and get this child yeah so that was crazy (laughs) that's i say that's that's great to do you kept teaching and kept going because i think for creatives we have to keep doing stuff otherwise it's it's gets challenging right just emotionally yeah i did definitely spend a lot of time uh, during lockdown though much more time than I normally would I went down to my office and I was recording things and making reference tracks and putting things down so it was it was a fruitful time for sure but I remember it just being mm. like manically chaotic which was a weird thing to say because suddenly the world stopped right but it didn't feel like it stopped for for me at all because I was just at home trying to fit in all these zoom classes Plus, just trying to get my kids through, you know, three meals a day and all the snacks. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you have to deal with no. real life too, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. And then you feel this pressure because you see all your friends out there, you know, doing these kind of performances and you're like, oh, I should be performing, but how am I going to do that? <laughs> I did do one live yeah, stream right. though. We managed one live stream, which was quite a technological feat, but incredible. And we had so much fun and it was like the first time I played in like months. It was, it was mad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the live, you know, the live stream thing is, I, you know, that's part of what I've, I've been doing. We were doing mm. those with Sure before before COVID on our music pages. And, you know, that's a cool outlet because you're reaching people globally. Yeah. Um, do you talk with your students about like that kind of thing, about social media and performing in arts? And what's your take on that? That's such a good question. We don't talk about it as much as I think we should. None of my students talk to me about live streaming, mainly because I think, live streaming it does demand quite a lot of technical know-how to do it right doesn't it i mean let's be honest you need to have certain level of equipment and you have to have a space like a lot of my students are living in the city they don't have a space where there's enough sound isolation to be able to produce anything of quality so that's they certainly weren't live streaming but um in terms of the rest social media i mean i'm always flawed and totally in awe and inspiration of so many of my students who are, are really on it i mean now they're making all these videos that coming out looking super pro they're getting gigs it's really really hustly much more than ever before i think it's fantastic yeah yeah and it's part of it's part of the world we live in plus it's a great outlet you can meet you can collaborate with people around the world it's right? a great leveler isn't it it allows everybody an opportunity to to get seen and, and notice so i think that's a wonderful thing yeah but but the only thing mm-hmm. that's slightly troubling about it is that we're expected to do everything aren't we and it dissipates our energy away from the music a lot of the time because we spend like that much time trying to get the music done and all the rest of the time trying to get the instagram right and the facebook right and and you know and there gets that question you know is the gig tonight more important or is the video of the gig that i'm going to repost more important you know all these things and it's like what are we even doing music for if that's what we're getting into i mean 
And yeah, um, it's a it's a complicated question. I think I think everybody's dealing with that as artists. Like that's mm-hmm. important. I talked to a lot of people like, hey, I don't do social media. I'm like, well, I get that, but then again, too, if you're trying to release music and, and doing those things, that's such an easy way to to go. With, you know, letting people know, right? I think it's essential because it's kind of the only way that I mean unless you have some kind of mega marketing budget but even with a mega marketing budget I mean it would have to be really mega to get anything like tv or press remotely anything like social media so yeah it's it's incredibly important but it does put a lot of pressure on the performers today and it it because you're spending enough time trying to just get your skills together in terms of your art, right? About, you know, becoming a good singer, becoming a good musician, good pianist, writing good arrangements, writing good songs, getting the album together, making sure it's recorded nicely. And then on top of that, you've got to think about, okay, how am I going to make it visible to the world? How am I going to get people to review it? It's just a whole other set of issues. It's a whole thing. And then you also basically, as an independent artist, you're, you're your own publicist as well and your own manager, right? So that's that's all in the mix. Right. And <laughs> so. then you're trying to earn a living to just keep a roof over your head, right? So how does that work in terms of time? It's, And then, you know, we all obviously became musicians because we love music and that does require a certain investment of time and energy, you know, and that's right. been taken away from at the moment. And so... Uh, I think I struggle with that. Probably like everyone struggles with that for sure. Yeah. 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 And it's, 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 it's all part of the deal. I guess we, we figure it out, but uh, tell me about your advice to young artists, young musicians, because you, you have a unique perspective being a professor and, and, and having kind of dealt with all that and from a bunch of different angles to let me know what, what's some of the lessons you've learned along the way. Oh, wow. That's a very deep question. Um, it's kind of a big, broad question. Yeah, lessons about <laughs> about what about the music industry specifically, or about being a musician? Well, advice that you would give young artists that that want to do, want to create, and want to want to write their own music and all that kind of okay. thing. Okay, well, I think I'm just going to repeat advice that I've been given that I think is really um, well. I hope it, I'm I'm definitely living by this advice, <laughs> which is tenacity. <laughs> I was given this advice more than anything. It's all about hanging on and just keep going, keep going, keep going, keep producing at whatever rate you can, depending on what's going on in your life at that time. But just keep putting things out there, keep moving forward and just hold on because that seems to be from what I see now, a lot of people that I look up to have been building this career for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years and it's not a short-term thing. So it's all in the interest of the long-term goal is to just hold on and keep going and keep building, not not thinking too much of of the micro, is this single a success or is this album a success, but try to think more about the bigger picture. That's what I would say. Try to build your skills as much as you can for that long long game. Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, that's great advice. That's something that I've I've found in my own career. I've known a lot of very talented people, but they, they didn't, they weren't willing to persevere. Yeah. And, and, and it's hard. It's, you know, we it's put our so souls hard. into what we do. Yeah. Yeah. We put our souls into what we do. And sometimes people don't always accept it and you have to be able to, okay, okay well, that's good. That's your opinion. I got to keep going. <laughs> totally. And the funny thing is, isn't it? When you talk to people who are not non-musicians, they find what we do so strange. <laughs> yeah, they, think, they, think we're, they think we're mad and crazy and we totally. probably are <laughs> because they're like this doesn't merit this level of sacrifice I mean you're not getting paid very much 
<laughs> and you're like, you're exactly. right, I'm not. But it's so important. And it's that fire, isn't it? And that drive that keeps you going. And it's difficult to explain. And that's why you know, often they say you're a musician more because you can't not be one. <laughs> yeah. But there, yeah. In a way, there's truth to that because that really, it grabs your soul. And, mm. you know, we'll go out and get a regular job and then and then we'll go, ah. Uh. But then you're, you're fortunate because you have a regular job that's also a very awesome job with with music and yeah. and uh, that that's also a unique situation yeah. yeah right well like everybody stumbled into the teaching thing a bit accidentally most people you know at college i started doing a bit of teacher training a bit of money whilst i was going through college but then i realized i actually really really liked it and everyone said i was quite good at it <laughs> i just thought oh this is quite good and so then i kept going with that and um, shadowed a lot of teachers that i really respected and learned a lot from them and then continued to build my own training in that you know I, I I took um I took all the Estelle exams to become an Estelle master trainer so I've never kind of stopped on that front because not only does it really it, I'm really passionate about it I find it really interesting to try and find new ways of being able to help people achieve what they want to achieve but also just myself it is exactly as you say it's such a cool job isn't it it's it's still related to music but it's also you're doing something that's not just you know me 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 all the time not just you know check out my single check out my music it's also you know I can help some other people um get them where they want to be too and isn't that brilliant <laughs> yeah and you're surrounded by some and you're actually surrounded by people as yourself that are at really at the best and the top level of what they do which is awesome no matter what you do in life if you could be in that situation you're going to learn so much right yeah, but that doesn't come overnight, though. That comes, yeah, it's exactly as you're saying. It's holding on, isn't it? And just building up and building up. Because obviously my first teaching job was, wasn't that. You know, my first teaching job was teaching, you know, I can't remember where it was, in a little music school, singing, you know, teaching singing. Yeah. To a, to a, hey, teaching, you know. teaching, especially teaching uh, music is hard because sometimes it's, sometimes you, you you don't always get the most talented folks but you make it work that, that's why you're there <laughs> yeah no that's true there are all sorts of challenges but a big part of that is trying to read the person as well and trying to think okay what are you actually here for you know what do you really need from me what can i right not everybody wants to be a, an opera singer at the met some people just want to they want to sing they want to learn and that's that that's awesome too right absolutely yeah fantastic i think it's all great yeah. tell us um <laughs> Yeah, tell us how people can find you on, on your social media. Well, Speaking of social media. <laughs> I am on social media. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Paola Vera Music. You can find me on Facebook at, I think it's Paola Vera as well. It might be Paola Vera Music. I'm not sure. And you can find me at my website, we'll paolavera.com. I think that's it awesome. for social media. Yeah. And yeah, I have a YouTube cool. channel as well. well. <laughs> Okay, awesome. And yeah, you have a lot of great videos, so people oh, should definitely you. check that out and check out your music. Yeah, I really love what you do. And uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, I should mention. Uh, Fiona Ross, who's uh, with Women in Jazz uh, in London. Yeah. An amazing singer and, and producer. And then our friend Nigel, Nigel J with uh, Music Tribes uh, Unite. Yeah. And uh, he's the one that connected us. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah, Nigel's great. And great uh, people people can watch this, uh, to watch the video on Music Crowns in London and also uh, Bass and Guitar Love in Italy. And then we have our Aldi outlets. So I really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy. Oh, thank <laughs> and, you so uh, much. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for fitting me in. <laughs> you're very busy too. Oh, yeah. No, I, <laughs> well, it's, 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 all, it's all good. I, hopefully I'm going to get to France sometime soon because oh, I be love wonderful. the art. I love the art, the music, and, and lots of. I have a lot of nice friends. Well, France, you definitely so. have to get in touch. We'll have to play together. I can hook that up. So get in touch when you come. That would be wonderful. Okay, to see. yeah. 
Let's do that. We'll hang out with our friend Nigel and drink wine. Oh, so that, that's a good, even that's better. A good, that's a good French, <laughs> yeah, that's a good France bonus, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Paula. Um, please, everybody, please check her out. Please find her on social, and we'll put all the links in the podcast episode as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on our social media channels for upcoming guest announcements. And keep up with the latest at musictribesunite.news.